Debating Metal. I'm your host, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal. Normally, I would be introducing my co-host, Chris K., but Chris is feeling a little under the weather today, so I've got my buddy, Sklo, to fill in for Chris this week. Some of you might remember Sklo when he helped Chris and I with episode 133, where we reviewed Metallica's 72 seasons. Well, it's been quite a while since we published a new show for you listeners, but we're back, and we're going to be better than ever. So tonight... Sklo and I are going to review Metallica's M72 No Repeat Weekend World Tour as we both participated, but in different ways. Hey everybody, this is uh, Sklo. Uh, on August 4th, Metallica rolled into a MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey for a weekend takeover that included five bands. Two different set lists and over 30 songs, over 80,000 of the band's closest friends for each night, including me on both nights. For Kenneth Dean, Metallica came to Arlington, uh, Texas, at an AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys, and set up camp there for the weekend. His participation was a little different than mine. Kenneth sat in the friendly confines of his local movie theater and watched as Metallica's Arlington show was broadcast worldwide and live to over 2,500 cinemas in 75 countries. Yeah, so unfortunately for me, however, I couldn't get to go see the Sunday show as a whole host of reasons kept me from going. Uh, And... There was also an encore performance on Monday that I was also not able to get to. But we're going to give you our thoughts on the entire experience from Friday to Sunday, parking lot to reserve seats. So without any further ado, let's sit back, relax, turn it up to 11, and let the debate begin. However, before I begin, uh, let me catch everyone up on to the status of the show. I know we've been missing for about six or seven weeks right now in what amounted to taking the summer off. Uh, Chris Kay and I had made a decision to only post an episode about every other week, knowing full well that listenership during the summer tends to uh, be a little down because not everybody's driving, not everybody's listening to the their podcast because they probably got kids in the car at the time and stuff like that. Uh, but Due to a variety of factors, we ended up only publishing four episodes since Memorial Day. So we, we took that into consideration at first, but then, you know, life kind of got in the way, a bunch of scheduling factors, personal things between the both of us, uh, not anything that was bad between us two. It was just personal things that happened to us, uh, kept us from recording, vacations, all sorts of stuff. Um, so... We're back. Um, unfortunately, for right now, Chris K has got to take some time off, so I invited Sklo to be my generous co-host. Thank you so much, Sklo, for joining Welcome, us. appreciate it. And one thing I do have to announce, and this is f- with Sklo and I, we're going to be putting together a brand new Metallica podcast or Metallica-centric podcast where Sklo and I are going to talk about all things Metallica. Uh, Album reviews, concert reviews, tour reviews, just general Metallica talk, if if you want to call it that or whatever. And we'll we'll be putting together an episode real soon, the debut episode, but this is going to kind of start us off on the, on the Metallica talk so that we kind of get into the groove and we know what we're talking about. Um, both you and I are big Metallica fans. Um, when did you get into Metallica? Um, uh, for me, I, you know, I'm 48 years old. Uh, I've probably been into Metallica since an early, early eighties. Uh, when they recently, when they came out, my, my brother, my big brother, ski was into Metallica. He's eight, nine years older than me. 
And, you know, he played at the house and I'd hear it and just got really into it. Um, so I've been a fan of theirs, honestly, pretty much my whole life since I was probably eight or nine years old. So 40 years, pretty much when they came out. So, um, so I, you know, I have a wealth of knowledge of Metallica. I've been a big fan of theirs, you know, again, as I said, my whole life. Um, so I have a lot of experience with them. So yeah, that's when I started and that's when I got into them. How about yourself? Oh, for me, uh, I believe it was 1985. Um, I was working for an architect who was doing some work on the side at night and he had an office and my best friend's brother was one of the draftsmen. I was a draftsman and he knew that I liked metal and metal in the eighties was a little different than metal is now. Um, and, uh, he said, Hey man, if you like this kind of stuff, you should listen to this show called Hellhole on WNYU every Wednesday night they played this, you know, metal. Uh, and it was more like college underground metal, you know, basically Metallica thrash stuff that was just starting or had actually started a couple years earlier, obviously in 83. And so he's like, yeah, you should listen to this. So one night I decided to press the record button before I left for work. And, um, it recorded the show. I got home. I listened to it the next day after school. And this, you know, really lame college DJ, because you know how college DJs were, they, they just, they're not very enthusiastic and they're not very, they don't have a big personality. Guy goes, and next we're playing Metallica, Whiplash. And he played Whiplash and it was the fastest song I had ever, er, ever heard in my life. And I was hooked. <laughs> and that was it. From there on, it was Metallica and, and all sorts of fast, heavy metal. Sounds about right. Cool. All right, so the M72 weekend or no repeat weekend world tour for Metallica. Um, you had the uh, experience to do the whole weekend when you were uh, in, you went to MetLife Stadium uh, in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and you got to see them on Friday and Sunday. What, so I know they had a big, like, a weekend takeover. And they did a lot of extra stuff there. Like, you know, I believe they had overkill in the parking lot on Saturday or something like that. Um, they had Bastardane and Otto. They're the sons of, of James and, and uh, Rob playing in their respective bands in, in, a, in New York City. So what, what was that like? Like, I mean, I know you don't live around there, so you didn't really kind of roam too much. But there had to be some sort of electricity, some vibe in the air. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they, um, yeah, I live in, you know, Delaware, which is about, I'm about two, two and a half hours away from New York, which is you know, not too bad. So, um, they go to both shows. Uh, we didn't stay the night, but you know, I drove, drove each day. Um, and on Friday, they did, yeah. So prong played Friday in the parking lot at three o'clock. Uh, unfortunately we were not there in time to see them. I actually am a big prong fan and I've seen, I saw them way back in the day, opening up for Black Sabbath a long time ago with Tony Martin on vocals. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so they played on Friday at three o'clock and, and then just going into the Saturday, that's when Bastardon and Otto played, uh, in New York city on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Overkill played again at three o'clock. Um, and again, we were not able to see them. Um, <clears throat> so I did see some videos online and they, they looked like it was a pretty good, good crowd watching this guy. So I thought that was I just thought that was really cool when I heard about that, that Metallica brought them in, you know, Prong and Overkill, who are some, you know, 80s, 90s metal thrash bands that 
a lot of the Metallica fans are into to play, you know, a show, play in a stage in the parking lot. And the stage it was a nice stage setup, um, good size, and and from what I gathered, I saw good crowds around uh, them. What I saw from the videos, um, so the electricity was pretty cool. It was awesome with that. I think it just brought it back a lot. You know, seeing a lot, just seeing those bands from the eighties, you know, mid eighties, early nineties. It's really cool to see that, and that they're still relevant and uh, and you know, people are checking them out and listening to them play their songs that they're known for. Um, so that was cool. That was really neat. That 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 part, absolutely. You know what's funny about that is that um the over the new Overkill album came out on the same day that Seventy Two Seasons came out, and obviously they're two different bands, and they they in in reality they never were that close in terms of style. Um, I mean, well, let me, they were for a brief period of time, you know, 83, 84, uh, even master puppets kind of straight away from the style that in, in anything that overkill did. Um, but it's funny because overkill has, has been as about as consistent a thrash band as you can be over the years. And they've had weaker albums and they've had stronger albums, you know, but they've been relatively consistent and, and very much like Testament, they, they're getting harder as they get older, which is, which is weird and crazy to think about. Whereas someone like Metallica, they've become more refined over the years and they've, they've kind of settled into a groove with the last three albums that they've made. So, you know, Metallica's found a groove and, and they've found their pocket. I think they've, they've settled into who they are now as a as the elder statesman of, of metal. And I put it that way. Cause I don't want to say elder statesman of thrash metal. Cause they're not a thrash band. Uh, I'm sorry. Even, even as, as fast as Lux Eterna is or hardwired is those are the closest things to a thrash song, but they're not to me true thrash, but let's, that's a conversation for another time. What I found cool about the fact that overkill was playing in the parking lot, um, was that you know obviously they, they both released albums at the same day and and you read the comments online and i don't know if you saw this when when uh you saw pictures or videos and stuff like that but people are like oh yeah I mean, you know they overkill should have been opening up or you know they should have brought overkill inside or overkill's albums better you know blah 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 blah, blah. they're ju- they're afraid of overkill and i'm sitting there thinking you, you people who say that just don't get it at all it's it's it there's there's a there's a disconnect with those people who sit there and say oh you know overkill they should they should be giving up you know metallica should be throwing a bone to bands like overkill and, and prong and bringing them inside but that's not how this works you know it's it, you, do you understand what i'm saying when i'm when i'm talking about that oh absolutely 100 percent. i totally agree like i thought them coming in and playing the parking lot was a was a big gesture to be honest and I just and I agree. It does. That's not how it works. I totally agree with you there. And yes, I'm sure some of those hardcore Overkill Ong fans um, love to see that, right? And and not saying they couldn't do that. But, you know, it. We kind of know what the world we live in with that and everything going on right now. So, um, you know, people that were hardcore fans of theirs, I'm sure they're there having a great time watching them in the parking lot, right? Uh, and I'm yeah. sure they were honestly excited and, and honored to be there and play. Honest, I would I would think so. Absolutely. Um, so so you 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 go there, you go inside, you go to take your seat, 
You go in, you see, you well, you're not even taking your seat at this point. You're, you're walking in through the, the, the little uh, section where, you know, you go from the, the, the concession area, you go through the tunnel, and then you come out to the, the little area where your seats are at. What is that like seeing that stage at that point? Yeah, uh, very exciting and very just mind-blowing. I, I did see, and we've talked about this in the past, of interview Metallica did um, overseas when they explained their stage setup. And, you know, you saw it on there, and it, it looks gigantic. But until you see it in person, it just it's totally a different, like, experience. I mean, you walk in. We ha- I had seats. Uh, and just to clarify, the, both nights um, we had the same seats both shows. That's how it worked for every fan that had two two shows that bought the two ticket two ticket pass. Um, and I had seats basically right in the end zone, about a thirteen rows up from like you know that spot. So it, and you know MetLife Stadium where the Giants and the Jets play. Um, so pretty good straight on view uh, from like literally right the midpoint, right, basically behind the goalpost where they would be. Um, and I just thought it was immaculate, the way this, the stage setup was, how cool it looked. I couldn't – it was just cool sitting down before the first opening band played um, just to sit there for like 45 minutes to an hour and just take it all in. They have the big towers, you know, as you've seen as well. And those are gigantic, and there's eight of them that go around. And And the one thing that – me and my sons, that's who I went with the first night. And what we kept talking about is like, how much did it cost to put the stage together, right? And how many people does it, the effort it take to put the stage together? And, you know, for these four guys on this stage that are going to play tonight, like that's the stuff that kind of I think about a lot, like the the magnitude of that and, and the process that takes to, to do that it's not easy. Right. Um, and I just think it's really cool that like there's that they are able to do that. And, and like all these people are there for them to see them on this gigantic and immaculate stage. And, and it's, it was just overwhelming, honestly, to see it. It was, it was really, really cool. Um, you know, to see it, uh, before any of the bands played on it. That, that, that's pretty wild because I mean, obviously, as, as I mentioned in the intro, I didn't get to see this live in person. I got to see it live in the theaters. Um, so you can't, you can't get that same perspective because the camera's moving all over the place. And they have certain cameras that picked up from certain areas that made it seem like, oh, yeah, this is the distance that you're looking at. It's far, right? But, you know, obviously then they would cut back to the band. So you didn't get to really live the whole experience from that point of view. Um, it, 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 I mean, from what I saw, it, it's enormous. It's just, it, I, like you said, you can't put it into words because I didn't experience it. But just from what I can tell, it just looked so vast and large. Because every time you took a top shot, it's just like you're looking at these little tiny guys on this huge stage. I mean, the stage is a quarter mile around. You know, so you, they run around four times. You, 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 they just ran a mile. And that is insane to think about how big that stage is. And then to fit 1,500 people in the middle, in the snake pit, that's that's a, that's the size of a small concert hall. Think about that. They've got 1,500 people packed in into the middle of their stage, you know. So 
Yeah, and and what I'll say, sorry, they, real quick, what I'll say there is yeah. is it's funny because when I was before I went to the concert and before I saw the interview that the Metallica gave about the stage setup, and even just in general when I saw clips of them playing on it, like I didn't understand the magnitude of how big it was until I saw it in person. Because um, when I saw it like on TV or in clips and everything else, I was like, you know, it looks big, but it doesn't look as big as I thought, you know? And then I go and see it and I'm like, wow, like it, it was just massive. And just like, again, the towers make it even bigger. Just like how, you know, how big they are and everything else. So like that, it was just interesting because once you saw it live, you're like, man, it's, it's gigantic. And like you said, it, perfect, like what you just said. With the, with the snake pit, how many? How many was it? You said that fifteen hundred. Yeah, like you're right. That's a small venue. Like, it's absolutely crazy, right? And that's just the middle of the stage. <laughs> so you know, right? Yeah. Exactly. Oddly enough, I don't, I don't, <clears throat> I don't know how the layout is for uh, for this particular artist, but Ed Sheeran is doing a stadium tour or did a stadium tour very similar in with those uh, towers. He had a very similar layout in the middle. But I don't think he had a big open hole where people, where fans were sitting in. Uh, I think he had a regular stage in the middle. Uh, but he did have something very similar in, the, in terms of the towers. All right. So you mentioned earlier that there were some opening acts you got to see. And one of the ones that I think most fans were excited to see was the uh, return, if you want to put it that way, and the celebration of Pantera. Yes. Um, with with Phil Rex and Zach Wild and Charlie Benante joining. Um, you got to see it twice, basically. You got to see Pantera play live, and then you got to see them play live for Metallica. So first it was their own show, and then, then you saw them with Metallica. I got to see them as well on their own show the night before uh, on Thursday. What what was that? Uh, their like? own show first? You want me to talk about that quickly? or Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, one. I'll yeah. just say that I'll, I'll, I won't talk about the own show because that's not really what we're talking about here. But I'll, I'll talk about um, when I saw them. I mean, I will say this. It was awesome to see them uh, the Wednesday before. So I saw them Wednesday night. And again, I saw them Friday. Uh, and that was the first time I saw them since 1997, which is you know crazy when you think about it. But they haven't toured since, like, what, I think, 2001, I think it was. 2000, 2001 is when they broke up officially. Um, so obviously they wouldn't have toured before that. Um, but it just, just to like hear their songs live again, it was just like, it, it just came flooded right back to me. Like just to hear the songs and my favorite songs live again on Wednesday and just Zach and Charlie just, you know, being part of it. And I think we all know, um, they're the only, they're really the two guys that really would be the only ones that they would choose for this. Cause they were so close to diamond and Vinny, and I think I think that's where I know there was a lot of, you know, some people had some resistance about them playing again with Pantera music without those two guys. But I think they did a great job in respecting. And you probably saw this too the first time you saw it. I mean, when you saw it the Thursday, that they respected the legacy of of them and the band, and 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 let the fans like hear it, hear the music. It was really all about those two guys. To be honest, they threw a lot. You know, you saw the video clips they showed and and everything else. So I'll just touch on that. That's on Wednesday, and then going into Friday, they did the same thing. They played a little video beforehand, and um, 
they did play a little lesser set. They probably cut about four or five songs out. Uh, but they still played about an hour. They played, which was I think was respectable, and I'm glad Metallica gave them an hour to play. Uh, I think we all know. Um, and I'll tell you what, I mean, that thing, that stadium held 80,000, and I bet you there was, I mean, they probably had, they got at, they had to have 40,000, 50,000 in there for just for them, which is pretty remarkable uh, for not playing for so long. So I think there were a lot of people that were there to see Pantera as well. Um, which, you know, when they announced this show and they, Pantera was playing, I was, I mean, I was already going to go regardless, but then when I saw that, I was so ecstatic that, that Pantera was going to play. Um, and to see again, Charlie and Zach with them. And, you know, side note, you know, our, when we did our podcast about our ultimate metal band, Charlie was our drummer. So it was pretty cool to see him. Uh, and, and Diamond, Diamond <laughs> yeah, was our right. guitar player. Uh, so, so, uh, but you that's know, that's true. Um, and James was our rhythm guitar player. So, you know, basically two of those guys we saw, I got to see there live that night. And unfortunately one was not with us any longer, but, um, but yeah, so seeing them second night within three days was awesome, and they they killed it. Uh, and then also the opening band before Pantera was Mammoth WVH, which obviously is Wolfgang Van Halen's project band, um, and they were great too. They played some of they have a new album that came out that day actually. So they played about three or four songs off that new album plus some of their first album stuff, and they sounded great. His voice is really awesome. They uh, they ripped it on stage and they had a great they had a great showing too they had you know I don't know as much as Pantera but they were close they had a, they had a good 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 sized crowd to see them there and they were really happy to be on the bill uh, and he was happy that they got invited to play um, the bill he he did mention that um, and uh, and then the, on Sunday night there was two other bands Iceland Kills and Five Finger Death Punch unfortunately I did not see Iceland Kills we did stay out in the parking lot and tailgate a little bit. And um, we did see the end of Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, and from what I saw, I've seen them several times in the past, and they usually are very good live band. And he's got Ivan Moody's got a great voice. Uh, and they, from what I saw, they they were they had a great following there to see them, and they uh, they had a great great uh, great concert. Out of all those bands, I've seen. Uh, Five Finger Death Punch. I've seen Mammoth VH. I saw them, uh, Mammoth open for Alter Bridge uh, recently. Um, I think it was back in oh, May, March. I can't remember. It was early. No, it wasn't March. It was earlier this year, maybe April or May. I can't remember. Um, and then uh, obviously I saw Pantera actually two nights before that, or actually the night before. Um, I saw them. They came to Houston, they played the Woodlands Pavilion, and then the next day they were up in Arlington where I watched Metallica um, on the big screen. So they part of the, the big screen thing did not include the opening act, so that was not part of the movie, um, but I did get to see Pantera, and it was a pretty amazing show, and, and I agree with you. You know, They, they paid respect to, to the brothers, um, they paid respect to the music, and it was quite awesome. Um, five finger I've seen before, uh, opening, I saw him actually in the same venue. Um, the, the Cynthia Woods Mitchell pavilion here in, in the Woodlands, Texas, and they put on a great show. I mean, you know, like you said, Ivan Moody's great singer. Um, what's his name? The, the guitar oh, player. He's got that weird name. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Zoltan Bathory. It is uh, awesome name, by the way. <laughs> and he, uh, he's just a, an, 
exceptionally crazy good rhythm guitar player as well as lead guitar player. I think they both play leads. Um, I know Hook is not part of, of the uh, the band anymore, so I don't know the name of the new guitar player. But, um, you know, to be in Five Finger, you got to be good. So that's that's one thing that's pretty pretty awesome. Um, Mammoth VH, uh, going back to them real quick, um, they're obviously they're not really metal. They're, they're kind of like a rock slash hard rock band. Um, Metallica has always been known for having very unique opening acts throughout their entire career. And um, I, I will say this. To me, probably if you're going to think about a band that, that is kind of like a little bit on the, the outside of this the whole thing it would be mammoth vh but i yet i have not heard the new album so i can't sit there and say how much harder or how much more it rocks compared to the first album so i i don't want to comment on that i do i do know when i saw him it was more you know straight edge or straight ahead rock and maybe a little bit harder on a couple of songs but still pretty good you know he he, he does a good job but i know i know this new album or something there's a lot of influence um, that he took more from his dad and and more from the Van Halen uh, legacy than than in the, the first one. Yeah, it's funny. They um, just to touch quickly on it. Uh, I do, you know, I did. I have listened to this the second album a couple times, and I do like it. And it's really funny because he references. I don't know if you like Meshuggah at all. Um, you know, a pretty heavy band, obviously. Yeah, he, I, I'm, I'm aware. He referenced that one of the songs was influenced by Meshuggah, which I thought was really interesting because it's not like a heavy song or anything, like super heavy, like a Meshuggah song. But when I hear the song, it definitely reminds me of a Meshuggah influence. It's funny. Um, and I can't remember the name of the song top of my head, but when I hear it, I'm like, yeah, it does have a Meshuggah, like flow to it vibe. yeah vibe and it's yeah. funny because it's not like crazy heavy like a Meshuga song would be um but it, i thought that was cool that he takes influences you know obviously van eddie and and everything there but this other you know has has an influence on the heavy side and some other things as well so um just thought that was interesting when you said the influences because he, he he did talk about the Meshuga influence which i thought was pretty cool so yeah i thought they were great live um on my end um and uh, they and I, I I feel you. They're definitely more of like a hard rockish rock vibe. But I actually felt like they did fit in with the Metallica crowd because um, I think a lot of the Metallica crowd has some of that to them. Um, you know, the old school guys have that old school thrash, but then of course they still like you know what they're doing now. Um, so I think it I think they really fit in with like the more more recent Metallica music. You know. Right, 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 for sure. All right, so, Meta all right, so we're going to get into the set list in a few, in, in in a little bit, but we want to just kind of get an overall idea of Metallica themselves, the four guys on stage and their performance. You know, um, I'll start this part of it off because I, I I I got to see obviously a little bit more up close than you did because I was watching a movie. Um, I did not get to see the second night. So then we'll talk about that during the set list part. Um, but watching them, you could tell that they're having a good time. Um, and I think like I was listening, I've been listening to some of their older concerts. Like I, I have a, um, they released something a long time ago on, on the Metallica vault on their web page. There was a, a show from Orlando in 2003. I was actually at that show. I got a Rob Trujillo pick from that show. Um, 
And so it's pretty cool to see a, a very uh, a professionally recorded um, audio of the show I was at. And um, I remember, you know, because James had just been out of rehab for about a year at this point, and maybe even less. Um, and he was just talking about how, you know, he was happy to be there. But from, from seeing this and knowing, you know, that James had a, a breakdown on stage last year where he felt inadequate. You know, you're talking about someone who's considered to be one of the best rhythm guitarists in the world or and in metal, and yet he feels inadequate. And he it overcame him in the middle of a concert. That's the even stranger part. Um, to, to know that, that he'd been through that and just to see, you know, this guy whose birthday had just passed just like a couple weeks ago, uh, that, that they, they had a really, they looked like they were having a really good time and they, you could tell that they're playing looser. Like, you know, Kirk, he's always, he's always been known for making mistakes here and there, but you can tell if he makes a mistake, it's not a big deal anymore, you know, and they just, they, they go with the flow. You know, did, could you get that sense when you were watching it? Hundred percent. And I, and you know, I think long time ago, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, even twenty, if that happened where he made a mistake, you know, he'd probably look over and make sure James wasn't mad at him or, or whatever, right? So I, I definitely, you could tell now that they're having a good time and enjoying it. And it's a shame that maybe they didn't do that as much when they were a little younger. Um, but now you can definitely see that and here's a perfect example the first night um on friday um there was a mistake made kirk was playing the intro to nothing else matters and just totally flubbed it and he just stopped and he went over to a microphone and said hey sorry about that basically he said that's not i'm gonna start the song again that's not good enough for you as a fans and that's definitely not good enough for me and he started up again and you know you know james didn't I didn't see James looking at him oddly or weird or whatever. And I think that, that they just, you know, going with the flow, you know, and, and I think that's, that's a good thing. And I saw another video yesterday of them where I think Lars stood up from the drum set and, and Kirk went over to play the drums on this drum kit. And then he handed the guitar over to Kirk to, I mean, to Lars. And then you could see James like, all right, guys, what are you doing over there? But like, you know, he's having fun with it. You know, he wasn't like, demanding them stopping and let's let's get let's get the concert going again you know so i thought that was cool too so i i like that i think that shows a lot obviously they're a lot more mature in age but i have i definitely noticed that um both nights when i when i saw them right and, and i've i've experienced um like for instance when i saw them in 1990 uh 92 I was yeah they came they did the the black album tour they came to um the Miami arena and they had Nico McBrain uh came as a guest and now there was a portion of that black album tour you know it's 3 hour show and <clears throat> no opening act so there was a portion where um Lars actually did a drum solo and it's not the best drum solo in the world that's for sure but um he uh, he did a drum solo, and this night Nico McBrain was there, and he came out and he did like a little small drum solo, and basically Lars was like bowing to the master type of thing. You know, he goes, "How am I supposed to play after that?" You know, kind of thing. <laughs> so it was it was pretty cool um, that they that they did something like that, and they so 
they have been able to do things where they're relaxed over the years, but I think there's, there's times when, and you and I've probably witnessed it uh, several times where James does kind of have a scowl on his face and doesn't want to be making a mistake, you know, but I think, you know, obviously, like you said, the maturity level at some point has finally come to, for them to realize we just got to have fun with this, you know? hundred percent. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more with that. So now, um, we get to the set list. This is the part where, you know, we're going to talk about things about the set list that, that the differences between each of the four shows, because that's the one thing that's really cool about this whole tour. Um, and that's something that Metallica has been doing for quite a while now, um, has been changing up their set list. So I know in the past few tours, they've had a, a relatively static set list from night to night for um, if they were playing 15 songs, 10 of them would be static. They would have the same 10 songs in the same spots throughout the show. Uh, but then there was a rotation of songs for the other five, you know, like one or two at the beginning, one in the middle, one or two in the middle, and then one towards the end. Like they would change covers if they were playing covers. Um, sometimes they would, you know, they, they would pick one song from a particular album and they would rotate three or four songs from there. Um, and, and or like for instance, there was uh, songs that are similar in style, like uh, "Welcome Home" or "Fade to Black" or "Day That Never Comes." They would they would play those same or uh, yeah, they would play those same songs or you know, well the ones are kind of a standard. They would play them. They would rotate those songs in and out of the set. This time, no repeat weekend. They have to play one set on Friday. And one set on Sunday, completely different from the other. And that, I mean, you can only do because you have longevity and you have a shit ton of songs. <laughs> so, um, and, but right. at the same time, you got to make it good. And that is one thing I, I have to say. These sets are pretty damn good no matter what night you went to. Um, and there's, there's something that was shocking from each of those there was something that's probably disappointing from each of those and then definitely many things that are satisfying about them um so for your first show august 4th um let's go over the set list real quick um well, you know of course you know the, the one thing that i love that they do at every show right and you you probably obviously know about i know you know about this is when you hear it's a long way to the top ACDC, you know, it's about to come on, you know, you know, you know, they're about to hit the stage. Um, so they run through that, you know, they run through the whole song and I just love with bagpipes in it. it just, it's so loud in there and just great. Then it goes in right in the XC of gold, which we all know that's such a great intro to them coming out on stage. So I just love those two back to back. Just, you know, it's about 10 minutes of waiting for them to come out, but it's awesome. Because um, the whole crowd is just really getting into it, and you're getting ready. Um, so for me, for, for for me, it was weird. In the so, so we realized when we when we saw the stream, the live stream in the theater, that unlike what you guys experienced live, okay, you hear crowd noise, you hear all sorts of shit around you. Amazingly enough, we were getting a direct soundboard feed of ACDC and of ecstasy of gold so it was crystal clear it was loud and there was no crowd noise whatsoever because we were getting the direct feed 
So it, oddly enough, I was I was hoping to hear the crowd noise because you know when you're hearing ACDC's you know uh, it's a long way to the top and you get to the the bagpipe section and he and you know and Bond's blowing those those pipes really high and then it gets to the end there's that anticipation because the crowd begins to get louder and they start to cheer and then all of a sudden you hear that first note the the, the really deep bassy note boom, you know from from ecstasy of gold. And that was kind of missing because you heard the end of ACDC, the song stopped. There was kind of like a five second pause and then ecstasy of gold began. And it's like, okay, it's great to hear that. I was super excited as soon as I heard it. Cause yeah, man, now I know they're starting in about a minute and a half. And, but that, that empty space was kind of weird. Like I almost felt like someone put something on pause, <laughs> you know? So, but you know, <laughs> yeah. but I still, I love, I mean, to the point where I got the soundtrack for the good, the bad and the ugly because of that song, ecstasy of gold, you know, it's just amazing. And then they did a killer version of it themselves in honor of Ennio Melricorni. So it's a, uh, it's pretty cool. So yeah. So you got Absolutely. long way to the top ecstasy of gold. They opened up with creeping death on that Friday show. They opened up with creeping death on my Friday show that I saw in, in theater. So, so there's similarities. There's just static song right there. Then they go into what song for you? Harvester of Sorrow, which I absolutely love. My probably top 10 songs of theirs. That was great to hear. Now that I song. get, I got the same song, Harvester of Sorrow. I, I love that song. I don't, but the only thing I would say about that song is I don't think it belongs in the number two spot. I, I think it kind of drags the energy down just a bit. Now that's just a criticism. I still love the song. I'm not going to take anything away from the fact that they played that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a great job. It's a, it's a, you know, they're they're still again on top of their game when it comes to that. So it sounded great. Um, I just wish it may have been a, a if they would have swapped it for the third song that I heard, com- or maybe even like the third song you heard, because the song after Harvester of Sorrow for you. Was holier than thou. Right. That, that's a high energy song. See, I love that they played it second, and I'll tell you why. I I think it's like for me, and other fans felt the same way. Creeping Death is just such a great opening song, and for me, like I love Harvest of Sorrow so much, and I think it's. I actually do think it has like a heavy vibe to it even though it's like you know what i mean like and i just think that i'm going right into that to like another older you say older song you know mid before 1990 i just thought that was pretty pretty cool and it, yeah it could have been another maybe song but for it to be that song i actually was like oh my god i was like I looked over my son jake and ben i was like oh my god like i was so excited and i think it's because i just wanted to hear it so bad and i just love that song and they, you know, and that's honestly a song that they normally do play when they tour, because um, I think it's a fan favorite. Um, but just hearing it right then after Keeping Death, it actually kind of gave me like, oh man, this is going to be a banging night, you know? Um, right? Yeah, I get yeah. that. I get no, that. but I, but I definitely know. What you, I get your. I understand what you're saying as well. So, so you get holier than thou after Harvester of Sorrow. Um, that's a cool, I don't think I've ever heard that song live. I'm, I'm not exactly positive. I have to look at my set list FM, uh, s- selection of songs 
but I don't recall hearing that song live. That's got that's a banger of a song. I, I like that yeah, song. I was happy to hear that. Now, what did you hear the third song? What was yours? So for me, I heard Leper Messiah. Oh man, I wish I oh, wish we got that. Yeah, I wish we so, got that. So that's the funny thing. Like I think I think for me, I I would have probably preferred Holier Than Thou over Leper Messiah. But Lep, but getting Leper Messiah is just so cool because you know you're getting you literally got three songs from three out of the four classic albums. You know, you get a song from Ride, you get a song from from uh, Justice, and you get a song from Master of Puppets. So it's like, you know, what else can you ask for at that point? Um, yeah. And the same, I would have preferred Leopard Messiah over Holier Than Now, but I do love Holier Than Now. <laughs> I love Leopard Messiah. I mean, that's my favorite album of all time. So I would have loved to have got And we didn't get that either night um, for mine. So, so now um, we both get King Nothing after that. Um, so there's a little bit like from in watching the movie, there was a little bit of a break in terms of there was some silence. They, I don't know if they were playing uh, a little bit of a video, something or other or not. I can't remember, but it was King. No- and then again, King nothing going into that is kind of quiet to begin with. So when I heard the opening, the notes, cause I think he, he said, Kirk, you know, go ahead and start it off. And I heard him like, is that King nothing? No shit. I, I I thought I mean I was real surprised I hadn't heard it since the, the the load tour that I got to see so that was a that was pretty cool what did you think of it I uh, was super excited I love that song um, you know out of all their um out of all of their you know albums and you know there's that whole load reload where a lot of people were turned off. You know, they're not my favorites, but they have certain songs on those albums that I like a lot. And King Nothing's probably one of my favorites out of out of both of those albums. And so when I heard that come on, I was super excited. Uh, I thought it was a great song to play there at that time. And I just love how it, I love how it starts with that like guitar, you know, and then the bass comes in. Uh, I just love it. And it just and when they all come in and play, it's just awesome. So I was very excited to hear that song. Uh, you know, and it's funny because that song, um, there, there's, there's, there's a pattern um, that Metallica skipped when they did when when they did Saint Anger, but there's a pattern with those kinds of songs like King Nothing. Um, I can't remember the exact song on Death Magnetic, but I'll I'll, I'll remember it at some point. But there's King Nothing, like so it's like interesting King Nothing, um, and then on the last album. On Hardwired, there was a song, um, Now That We're Dead. And then on this album, 72 Seasons, there's uh, If Darkness Had a Sun. There's a, there's a, like a, it's like a mid-tempo, but it's like the hit single type of song on all these albums that I think is really cool that they've, they've, they've been able to do that. Um, they, they didn't do it on St. Anger because St. Anger just was a clusterfuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. and then on, on, I'm pretty sure there wasn't anything like that on, uh, on death magnetic because they, they had, you know, obviously it was broken, beaten, scarred and end of the line, but nothing had that vibe like, uh, like th- those four songs that I just mentioned. And, uh, even like, I would say, even though it's really heavy and sludgy, I would almost think that, um, the thing that should not be is similar. Maybe even maybe maybe it's Leopard Messiah, some somewhere around there. But 
those songs are a little bit faster and heavier. Um, I don't know. It, it, I may be talking about my ass and someone's going to sit there and say, oh, that's not, those songs are not the same. No, they're not, but they're all singles. King Nothing was a single. Enter Sandman obviously was a huge single, but there's a, there's a pace of rhythm and, and the fact that it's got such a good big hook. Now that we're dead, big hook, you know, darkness, shit. If darkness had a sun, it's got a huge hook in it, you know? So there's some, those, those songs are, are really cool. So I, I like, King nothing in that in that spot. Absolutely. So after that, they go into the 72 seasons songs. They do a pair of songs um from 72 seasons. You got 72 seasons. I, did. I didn't. We'll, we'll we'll go into that in a second. Uh how is it like hearing 72 seasons? I know you like that song from the album. So how is it listen, you know, seeing it live? It was good. It was great to see it live. Uh it was good to hear some new songs live. I mean, there's been times in the past where you know, bands, even Metallica, whoever you 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 know, you might not want to hear as many new songs because maybe they're not, you know, as good as you want them to be uh, after they come out. But I like this album in general. I think we we did a review on that. So a lot of the songs on this album I like. So I was actually excited to hear some of the new songs, and we'll go through the set. But they played three three songs on each night of new songs, um, and uh, yeah, I I liked hearing Seven Two Seasons live. It's one of my top half songs on the album that i that i like the most so uh yeah that was good to hear that song liked it there in that spot too okay so so here's what happened to me okay you get to go to both nights so you get to hear all uh six songs that they're playing off the new album yes correct i only got to hear half of three of them but here's the weird thing so from from friday to friday to friday to friday on all these shows that they've been playing, they had, they had been playing a similar set of songs. Um, they were playing 72 seasons and then they were playing, if, uh, if darkness had a sun. And I believe in some of the shows they were doing Lux Eterna. Then they mixed it around, but they were, they had kept a certain, a uh, certain set on Sunday, a certain set on Friday. When it got to Arlington, they flipped it fuck me all up man i was pissed off <laughs> inside for just a hair second but i was like man now i got to hear lux eterna on friday that's great you got to hear it on sunday so we'll talk about that later um but i got to hear it that's what they played for me and i love that song it's a great song i mean it's a you know ode to the old school it's awesome i wasn't expecting it on Friday night, I was expecting 72 seasons. I saw, I was so ready <laughs> for 72 seasons and I got, <laughs> right. you know, that was a little bit of a disappointment. I'm happy. I heard Lex Eterna, you know, but a little disappointed. I didn't get to hear 72 seasons. Then you get, if darkness had a son. Correct. And I'm like, I love that song. I love that song. And I got too far gone. Okay. <laughs> Which you got on Sunday. Yes. Okay. So so you've got Lex Eterna and Too Far Gone on Sunday in the same two spots, five and six. And I, they literally flipped it. 72 seasons in Darkness Had a Sun was on Sunday for me, you know, Friday for you. I did not get to see it or hear it on Sunday. So that was disappointing for me because I really, really love If Darkness Had a Sun. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so yeah. how, how, did, how was that for you? I mean, I bet you that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I liked that they played, you know, two new songs back to back. I did enjoy that. Um, yeah, it sounded great. Um, it was a good, 
live live song um in general so i like that they went again back to back on those songs and and one thing that you probably noticed too which i really thought was cool is you if you saw when you know i'm sure watching the video you saw that you know james had like that 72 guitar and robert had the yellow bass with the 72 and of course the drum kits are black and black and yellow um so i just like i like i like that that they had like the theme of the the guitars and basses, even the chairs they were sitting on in between, like going down the stage and getting their new guitars, whatever that the, the chairs had 72 on it. But so anyway, yeah, I, I like that they were using those um, as well, just for the list, just for the view of it um, and to, to fit with the style and, and the look of what they're going with this on this tour. Um, but I, yeah, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed both those songs. And, and you said, so you said you got Luxie Turner and then you got uh, too far gone. So what do you, you think yeah. about that? Um, uh, like I said, Lexi Turner was awesome. Uh, I, I just, I was so anticipating 72 seasons, but then when he played Lexi Turner, I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. It's like, this is neat. I, you know, not that I was saying, Oh, they should have played this on Sunday. It's just like, Oh, well, they changed it up a little bit. They're playing Lexi Turner, you know, still hoping that, you know, if darkness had a song would come later. Um, right. You know, and then, uh, so what ended up happening for me with Too Far Gone, uh, the unfortunate thing, my leg began to cramp <laughs> when I was sitting in my chair. I don't know why, um, but I was starting to get like a, a, right behind my knee, a little bit of a hamstring cramp. So I had to get up and walk around. So I was watching most of the song, but you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't paying attention as much. I had to walk around and, um, it was disappointing in that, re that regards. Um, but you know, from, from what I saw, you know, it was pretty cool. Like you said, to see the whole 72 seasons theme come to life with, you know, the guitars, you know, James in the black flying V with the yellow stripes, Rob, like you said, with the yellow guitar. Um, and obviously the drums are yellow. So it's, it's pretty cool. It was too far gone. It's not one of my favorites on the album, but it's, it's a good song. I'm not going to take it away, but you know, again, now I've got, I'm, I'm two songs into 72 seasons and I'm like, okay, so what's the song that they're going to play later? I'm hoping now at this point, like I want to hear shadows follow, you know, at some point. So we'll see if that comes up, but that's, that's what I'm thinking at this point. But at the end of that, I walked away because I had to um, figure out a way to get rid of this cramp in my leg. So I ended up having to go to the bathroom and getting something to drink. I came back and uh, the guitar solo was over. They were doing that little, a uh, little doodle that between Rob and Kirk. Um, for you, they named yours Rose Avenue. Correct. Um, and for me, I don't even know what they named it. Mine uh, it doesn't have it on the setlist FM. So uh, I, I didn't get to see it because I was I walked away and I had to make sure that you know I didn't cramp up because otherwise I wasn't going to see the rest of the show. So. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was cool that they did that? that. It was neat. I mean, they just would, they came up and they just, Rob would, Rob kind of introduced it and he would explain that. I mean, I think it's kind of a cool thing that they do at every show. Kirk and him come up with a song, basically instrumental, you know, an hour before the show. And they create it, make it, and play it, and then they name it. So we, you know, we'll talk about Sunday as well, but they did another one on Sunday um, called Murph to Surf. And um, they've been doing that for every show, they said. And they basically, Robert would say, you know, 
this is just for you guys and we're only playing it for you. So I thought that was cool, you know, that, they, that, that they're doing that. And that is pretty cool. They actually started something similar during the Hardwired Tour. They, they were doing something together where they would learn a local song. So if they were in a particular city that had a particular hit song um, that was popular with that city, not and it didn't have to be a metal song. It could have been a rock song or whatever. They learned it on guitar and bass, and then they would do a jam to it on stage. So that, so that kind of thing began on the last tour. Now they're actually making up a new song, which is even cooler because it's a, it's a, it's a new song that they're making up on the spot, you know, within, you know, within the hour before the show and playing it live. So that's pretty, pretty freaking cool. If you ask me. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So then for you, after that, they go into fade to black. Yes. Um, God, that's one of my favorite songs, you know? Um, I thought that was pretty awesome for me. They go into welcome home sanitarium. Ooh. Another one of my favorite songs, but it's like, you know, it's that rotating ballad, you know, um, which, which one are they going to play? And honestly, that's so. Ken, that's what I. Uh, that's why. Um, to be honest. I mean, I had to get tickets for both shows. <laughs> I wasn't. I was. I mean, <laughs> exactly. that's how they get you, right? I mean, I was not. Once I found out they were playing two complete sets, I'm like, I got to go to both because I'm gonna. I'm gonna most likely hear all my favorite songs plus some new ones and whatever else. Um, so just you know, just touching on that quickly. Um, by me going to both shows. I mean, I was going to go to both probably regardless, but when they announced that they were going to do wrote completely different sets, it, I was sold even more um, on that. But yeah, Fade to Black. Uh, I absolutely love that song. I love the solo at the end. Um, and I mean, that song just brings me back. That's probably one of the earliest songs that just brings me back to like when I was that age, you know, when it came out and I can remember hearing it. And it just... Brings, it flutters back a lot of my, you know, adolescence um, when I hear that song uh, and just stuff I was doing at the time and friends I was hanging out with and just everything else. Um, so it's it's a great song. It, when I uh, I reminisce a lot when I hear that song. I, I and I agree. I, I do the same thing. I mean that that song has one of my favorite lines. You know, yesterday seems as though it never existed. Death greets be warm, and now I will just say goodbye. I love Absolutely. that line. I mean, that is every time I get, I, I, I hear it during the song because it's, it's basically the, 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 the lyric that ends the, the, the words of the song and then goes into the guitar solo. Um, man, it, it, I get chills almost every single time. And when they remastered it in 1995, I discovered that, that there's a little bit more to it um, right after that vocal part. You know, there's, there's, and I, and I probably just missed it, but for whatever reason, the remaster just sounded so much brighter to me that I was able to hear a little bit more of, of James Hetfield's vocals. I don't know. I, I mean, I could be dreaming that, that I didn't hear it before, but the remaster to me in 95 sounded so much better than, than the original CDs that I got. And I just, it made me fall in love with that song even more. Um, but I, I, I love that song. Now, on the flip side, I get Welcome Home um, Sanitarium, which, you know, being a huge fan of Master of Puppets when it came out, that song was just incredible. You know, I love the whole context of that song. You know, it, it's, it's such a deep song. I love it. And 
I got to I got to see that one and hear it. So that was good. I enjoyed it, and I know you got to see it on you know, see and hear it on Sunday. They flipped it, so they put Fade to Black on Sunday for okay. me, and Welcome Home on th- on Friday. You got it, Welcome Home on Sunday. So at least you got to see both. That's really cool. Yep. All right. So now I get the song I've been wanting to hear from seventy two seasons. Shadows follow because that's probably one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um, that was that was one of the early early ones that I really enjoyed because at at first I did not really grasp if darkness had a son, but then the more I heard it, the more it grew on me, and I love that song. Shadows follow grabbed me right away. Um, I and that was I when we did the review, the three of us, you know, you uh, you Chris and and uh, myself, uh, I talked about how that was one of my favorite tracks on the album, and I was so excited to see, it, and I was so glad to hear it that night, and and just to see to or just to hear the part at the end where, you know, uh, James goes, "I say no," and the and basically there's silence throughout the entire crowd for like three seconds, and then he goes into the song, uh, into the rest of the, the chorus. That's just that's what you, that's capturing a moment right there. Yeah, we. Um... Absolutely. And we, I also got Shadows Fall there as well. And it was the tour debut, which is the live debut, I guess we can say. I saw it. Um, and just like you, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. So I was super excited to get it. And I think you and I talked on the side and up, up until that point, I kept saying, man, they're not adding any new of these, yeah, these new uh, songs. They're playing the same songs off the new album. I said, I really hope they, we, you know, we get Shadows Fall when I see them. And I was so excited to get that because that's out of the album that's definitely in my top three songs on the album so uh, it's probably it's probably number one or number two um so i was super excited to hear it i was super and i you know looked over at jake and ben and we both all looked at each other like yes you know really excited that's awesome that's awesome and that's an awesome thing that you got to experience it with your son so that's pretty cool yeah absolutely um so then they follow it up with orion oh boy um oh boy Man, you know that I I I gotta be honest. That song meant nothing to me for many 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 years. Um, I knew that that Cliff was the the, the main songwriter of the song, and 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 he put together all the melodies. He put together the the whole track, but it wasn't until I believe um, when. Metallica was playing it towards the end of, of the Black Album cycle, where they would do the, a little choir part, and Jason was doing a bass solo. Um, he would do, um, he would break into the, la- the the main bass solo part of Orion, and then they would go into Master of Puppets uh, when they were doing it live during the Black Album tour. Um, and then when Rob joined the band, the the fact that Rob plays with fingers for whatever reason, the band has embraced that song so much more and the, and the history behind it. And the, and the fact that, you know, Cliff wrote all that it's, it's, it means so much more to me now for whatever reason. Um, but God, it's, it was just beautiful to hear and, and, and seeing the band all huddled together was so cool too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's been a song that I've always loved. Um, and it just, it's an emotional song. And obviously with Cliff being a big contributor to that song, um, to me, it's just, it's, you know, it's, 
the perfect song. I know there's no, it's not singing. It's all instrumental. That's what I love about the song, to be honest. Uh, and I can just sit there and just listen to that song all the time. I, I, I absolutely love that song. So seeing it live, technically really for the first time, and I've seen them a lot of times, um, that was that was a great, great moment. Yeah, I mean, that, they don't, uh, it wasn't until um, the hard, uh, not hardwired, I think it wasn't until the Death Magnetic Cycle when they did the um, the album, the, the live album for the movie that they actually were playing that they finally began to play that song in its entirety. Most of the time it was just a ba- part of the bass solo that they would play. Uh, you know, they would tease it and then that would be it and then it would be done. But now they're playing the whole song, but they've also embraced all their uh, um, instrumentals now because they're playing Cthulhu, you know, they're playing and they, they actually, they began to do that when they did the 30th anniversary shows and they had the four the four shows that they did not play the they they also i don't know if you remember that when they played those four 30th anniversary shows at the fillmore in san francisco they did not do any repeats on any of the four shows except for one song they repeat they ended each show with seek and destroy yep so that that was pretty nuts four nights of completely different sets so you think there's no repeat weekend is unique <laughs> that that shit was crazy because each night they opened with a different song they the only song they repeated was uh search and uh, seek and destroy so they played an instrumental each night they played um you know orion they played uh, to live is to die they played the one suicide and redemption from uh from uh hard uh, not from death magnetic and then they played cthulhu so they had four full-blown instrumentals they they didn't play um uh pulling teeth anesthesia but that's just crazy how they did that so i think from that point on when people still showed when people showed them that they still liked those songs it, it made them realize that they could play those songs live and get away with it um all right so after that nothing else matters we kind of you kind of briefly touched upon kirk doing making a mistake earlier um i was actually waiting for kirk to make a mistake and he didn't <laughs> so that's pretty it's pretty funny yeah. uh, that that happened um I mean, that song is so emotional and everybody gets into it. And, you know, it, the fact that James is the one who plays lead guitar and that is pretty cool. Um, I, I think it's a great song. I've always loved that song. It's kind of like a, uh, almost like, um, a calling card for me personally. Um, I mean, it was on my, I put that on a CD that I gave out to all the guests when I got married to my wife. Um, that was, we had a bunch of songs that we picked, um, and that was one of the songs that I put on it. We all, I think we picked like five songs each, different kinds of songs that meant a lot to us. And so that was one of them. So that was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I also, that's awesome. That's cool. Cool. Um, yeah. I also got nothing else matters. Yeah. Great song. Um, like you said, a calling card song of theirs. Um, and uh, it's emotional song and it's, it has a slow parts and it kicks in. So yeah. Nice little solo to it. And right. so now, after that, sad but true. Yes, I got the same thing. So you got sad but true. I got sad but true. Um, I don't know for some reason this version. Uh, I don't want to say it sounded heavier. If they had a different vibe to it, and it was a really cool vibe. Um, so I don't know what it was about the, the version that I heard. You know, with that they were playing, or I don't know what they 
if they change a tuning or something like that, but it seemed different to me. Um, but it was very cool nonetheless. Um, I don't, they didn't do anything different that I can tell, but at, there was to me, there was something that gave it a different vibe. I don't know what it was. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I, I was so in the moment with it when it was on because it's actually one of my my favorite songs from the Black Album. Um, I was excited to hear it. Um, yeah, I mean, the energy was there. I had a lot of energy. I think it's obviously a fan favorite. Um, I love how he picks in that song and the, the down picking on that. Um, and you know, I just think it's it's a it's it's, it's a great song. It's it's one I, I enjoy listening to, and it's one that they usually always play live um, <clears throat> at this point in their career. And then um, after that was uh, the day that never comes. Did you get that as well? Right after I, I did get that one, and I like okay. that song. Uh, you yeah, know, I love it. That's that's one of those songs again goes along the same vibe as Fade to Black and Welcome Home. Um, it's it is it's a modern day version of that song and uh, of that style of song that the, you know the the ballad with the fast ending. Um, I like it. I I've never had a problem with that. I know some Metallica fans that I know personally are not fans of the song, but I'm sitting there thinking, well, if you like fade and if you like sanitarium, this song is the same type of song, you know, but I agree. they don't, I agree. they don't, they may not like it. Um, but I think it's great. I mean, to, to hear it again, I, for me, the only thing that struck me odd and they did it for you too, is they basically played, um, you know, you go from Orion, which has a uh, fast part, slow part, speedier part, put it that way. You go to nothing else matters, which brings brings everything down slow. Then you got Sabatru, which kind of sludges along. It doesn't really pick up the pace that much, but sludges along. And then you bring it back down to nothing else, ma- uh, excuse me, to the day that never comes. It's That's a weird combination of songs. That's the only criticism I had about that. I, you know, each of those songs I love individually, but as a combination in the middle of a concert, I thought it was kind of interesting. And I don't know how you felt about it, but it was to me it was interesting that they, they chose that sequence of songs. Gotcha. Um, to be honest, I don't. I get what you're saying. I do. Um, I I mean, in regards to like pace of the song, so yeah, I do agree there. I think for me, it's like when you look at the set list, I know we're not the way almost through the whole thing. I think it's just like, I mean, there's so many songs, right? And they trying to play, you know, some new ones. They're trying to give us the old heads, the songs we want to hear. I think it's trying to find that balance of like what's what fits in with them. And also, you know, you got to keep in mind what guitars are using, the tuning and everything else. Not to, So they're not switching guitars every song. Um, I know most of their tuning is pretty much... I think there's some that's, t- t- you know, I don't know if they changed some of their tuning now with, with you know, James's voice, if that changes, because his voice still sounds great regardless. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, to be honest, um, with with that. So that's a overall, good, that's a good I mean, point I didn't think of. Yeah, I mean, that could be part of it, honestly, you know, having to switch every song or guitar or bass or whatever. Um, so it, I think that could be factored into it. I didn't really pay attention if they switched how many often they were switching um, during the, during the concert, like what songs they were switching to. And if they played three songs in a row and then they switched, but uh, that definitely could be a factor. But overall, I think I didn't, ha- I didn't have a, 
I'm sure you didn't either. I didn't have a problem with the pace. I definitely see what you're saying there. hundred percent. I didn't, I, you know, it wasn't until afterward that I realized, man, they played these three songs in a row. And even, and then I remember, oh yeah. And they also played Orion, which is not necessarily, you know, it ends fast, just like the day to never come ends fan and ends fast but it's just the pacing overall it was i was i thought that was pretty unique in i don't think it was done on purpose but yeah. maybe it was like you said maybe they have it has something to do with guitar tunings or or where, where they were going to be on that stage i don't know there's lots of different factors i just found it to be unique um so now they go into um a similar style song for for each of us where you get two different songs you get battery I get hardwired. Uh, so again, album openers, fast, high energy. Um, can't go wrong with either song, really. Um, but you know, battery is you know, try uh, tried and tested. You know, <laughs> and it's it's yes, it's solid. Yes, I mean, it is. That is that is one of my favorite songs from Metallica. I mean, there's a shit ton of favorite songs from Metallica, and that's one of them. You know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, too. So. I am glad that we got battery over hardwired. I will admit that. Uh, I just love battery. Um, it's again my favorite album is Master of Puppets. So, you know, on this on this day we got yeah, so far we got two songs from Master, and you know we'll see at the end here if we get a third song. But you know, which I was pretty happy about um, that we got a good strong Master influence here on this set here. Yeah, I was excited to get battery. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got hardwired. I'm like, you know what? I was happy to hear hardwired because one, I know it's a fast paced song, but two, it was, I, it was like, well, wow, they really, they really stretched out the set and they, they were picking songs from different albums. I thought that was pretty cool, you know? Um, cause they, that's the only song they played from hardwired. So I was, you know, I, as much as I like that song and there are other songs I like more, but I, I get what I get, and I, I was happy with that. Um, they go into fuel after that, <clears throat> and you get fuel, I get fuel, and, and basically we get the same last three songs. So fuel, I mean that's 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 now one of their staples. I mean they get to blow up the stage, put all sorts of fireworks, so that's pretty cool. Um, I was excited to see the, what they were going to do um, with the with the stage and, and where they were going to put fire on it. So that that's pretty cool. Um, I bet you that was a hot one when when uh, when you saw it live. <laughs> yeah, you could feel it, man, where we were. So I imagine them feeling it on the stage. Um, Oof. Yeah, I mean, you could you know, barely feel it, but it, you could feel it. Um, yeah, it's always a song that I, I enjoy live. I like. I think it's a song I enjoy live more than hearing on the radio, to be honest. Um, I mean, I like the song. I, you know, don't get me wrong, but I, it's it's a good fast paced live. The fire and everything else. It, it's it's a good theatrical song they have which i enjoy so then comes seek and destroy um so that's uh, up until recently that had been the the uh the show closer and uh, especially during death magnetic that was i think the last one they were playing and they were dropping a bunch of black balls all over the audience so this time um they dropped a bunch of yellow and black giant beach balls all over the stage and all over the crowd. And I don't know what they did at your show, but for some reason at my show, everyone was trying to get it on the stage and try, trying to hit the band. And that's the way it seemed because I have a picture of James. He's got about six or seven of these beach balls surrounding him. 
Yeah, it was. Um, yes, that is true. I was watching it happen, and there was one time where he actually was about to sing a lyric or say something, and like he got knocked in the face by one. Um, and he didn't, you know, he didn't, <laughs> it didn't seem mad. I mean, obviously, they're they're the ones doing this. They're the ones that cause it. They know this is going to happen. Uh, I thought what was funny that I noticed, and maybe you didn't see because maybe they didn't show the crowd as much, is people were grabbing them and and inflating them so they could take them and take them home. It was kind of funny. So like some fans were just would take them and just unplug them and just start pushing on them to get them so they could leave with them. And you know, I saw some people doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they had a good time up on stage, kicking them off there and everything else. But they were getting hit, they were getting hit. In the, it was funny. There was one point like. Are surrounding Lars by the drum set, which is kind of funny because he's playing and they're all like all these balls are surrounding him on the, <laughs> on the stage. I mean, I always enjoy. Like I enjoyed it when they did that on the tour, the hardware, not uh, you know when they did it, the black balls and um, and I assumed that they were going to do it again when they played it. And it was cool. They they dropped from the towers, obviously, like they were up in the towers and they came all down from there so it was, it was it was pretty cool it's always a fun fun time when they play that song so metallica just recently um started a podcast uh called the metallica update and it's uh, hosted by stefan shirazi who has been a longtime member of the inner circle of the band as well as i can't remember the girl's name but she is the director of um philanthropy for uh, metallica and she works with the all all within my hands foundation and so they host the, the podcast and, and Stefan was talking about that people were trying to take and shove that giant ass freaking beach ball in their pocket <laughs> when they would, they would, they would, instead of trying to hit it, they would grab it and try to stick it in their pocket. Um, and Stefan was like, how are you going to stick that big ass thing in your pocket? <laughs> so uh, the fact that you got to see that happen is pretty funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, it, was, it was, I mean, people, right when they came, right when they dropped them, I saw people just grab them. You know what I mean? And hold it and then, you know, you know, take it home. You know, some of these people are probably trying to sell it on eBay for something, you know? Oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So now they end the night with Master of Puppets. And, and put it, let's, let's, let's talk about this real quick. Um, Master of Puppets was never, ever a show closer for, for Metallica. It was never one of those in the encore. It was always kind of like a late, late middle of the set, um, or really early. Like, you know, obviously during the Master of Puppets tour, they was that was the second song. Um, but later on in the career, uh, they were not they were playing it late middle. Um, like as I mentioned, Black Album, they were doing it after Jason's guitar uh, bass solo. Um, you know, later they got criticized for not playing the whole thing, that they were stopping the song right after the part where, you know, it, it slows down and there's the hur, 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 hur. they were stopping the song there and they got criticized for years until they finally put the full song back in after St. Anger. Um, but it wasn't a closer until they got on Stranger Things and all of a sudden the popularity of that song took off. Now it's the show closer. So now you're you're, you're making the youth wait till the end to, to hear that song. And I think it's a smart move on their part, um, but it was fantastic to hear that. I mean, it's, it's, it's just one of their best songs ever. Oh, absolutely. Definitely one of the best songs ever, regardless of the stranger things. Um, I guess boost. Uh, it's always been one of their top songs. And I, I mean, I think it's great that it got the boost that it got. Um, 
<clears throat> and you know, all these young kids are getting into it and loving it. So I don't, and I don't have a problem with that at all. So yeah, it was a great, great closing song, and um, you know, definitely love love hearing that song. Yeah. So that's night one. So that's Friday night. Um, so there's some, obviously some differences between what your show was and what my show was. Um, so now you get to go to, to Sunday show and see it live. I have to read the set list because I did not get to see it live. I did not get to see it in the movie theaters. Um, it's unfortunate. I just, some family matters came up that I couldn't go. My wife was sick. Um, I would try to go again on Monday. My wife was still sick. Um, plus I had, I had played baseball earlier in the day, so I was just exhausted. Um, so, um, but you got to see them on Sunday, August 6th, uh, the show for, for Texas, we put it that way, uh, took place on August 20th. Um, they open again, the same thing, uh, uh, ACDC is a long way to the top, ecstasy of gold. They open with whiplash, you know, whiplash. When I saw that earlier in the, in the, in the tour, I was just flabbergasted. I'm like, Oh, that's the first song I ever heard from Metallica. I wanted to hear that live. How was that? I was excited. I love that song. Um, and, you know, it's the only Kill em All song they played that night. Seeking Destroy was the only song they played on uh, the first night. And um, I, it's such a great song. It was, I loved it. You know, again, X to Gold and gripping right into Whiplash. It's just a fast-paced, killer song. Um, and they were, they were ready to go um, that night. And I will say, um, just quickly on this, I will say I felt like night two they were a little tighter overall. It maybe makes sense because night one maybe you know first time in the st- in the stadium figuring out the kinks um, and making sure the sound is right. Um, but I thought they were obviously tight on night one, but I felt tight two uh, night two was a little bit tighter just in, just performance wise. Okay, I could see that. So the second song is the perennial classic for whom the bell tolls. I mean, can't go wrong with that. It's been one of their second song songs for such a long time. You know, it opened up, it was the second track that they played on um, the justice tour. Um, It's been, you know, I remember it was the second track that they played at, at Woodstock, I think 94. So it's, it's one of those songs. It's, it's like I was talking about with, harvester of sorrow that for whom the bell tolls is just kind of keeps the vibe going right and the crowd goes nuts for that whereas i don't think harvester of sorrow is that kind of song great song just not that kind so um but either way i mean for whom the bell tolls is just it's classic yeah you know you hear that bass line oh, yeah. and you're like oh yeah here we go you yeah and, and like with you earlier with you know lyrics like for me the bell tolls like one of my favorite lyrics of any song is you know stranger now are the eyes to this mystery here's a silence so loud i just love that and i just love it's you know it's just such a it's an iconic line and it's so just just to say hear the silence so loud it's just awesome like because it's obviously silence is silence it's not usually loud and then it's like that pause in the song to me is like music there it's just awesome you know, hear the sound so loud and just quiet for like a few seconds. But like that quietness to me is like right. what makes it so good. That if that makes sense. 
and especially especially when it's live oh, yeah. and everybody's there in the crowd it's just I, I, get, I get goosebumps every time i hear that line um it's probably one of my favorite lines of theirs of all their songs very well i i, it, I this song is just yeah. amazing to me I've, I've always loved that song i mean that fade uh faded black but ride the lightning um the album is my favorite metallic album followed by master um so uh to just to hear that song and, and to know that they play certain songs uh, from that album still is is awesome and speaking of which the title track was the next song after yes. that ride the lightning you got it and it was also played in texas so um that's the one song i i, I have to say this it i like the song i like the album version so much better than i do the live version for whatever reason it to me does not come across the same way uh i don't know if it's the way it's played or if they play it differently or something like that but um i have never gotten the same vibe from it live that i do off of the album uh how, how i do can you actually, feel about it I, I definitely definitely get what you're saying there um i do I, I mean i think it's you know i obviously enjoy it live but i i do think i do like the album version a little bit better in general um i don't think it's anything they're doing or not doing in the song i love hearing it live when it comes on i'm excited <clears throat> but i do love the album version of it it is kind of funny a friend of mine ben is just really funny he he was only going to one night he couldn't go to both nights and he that's his favorite song of all time from metallica so he was like on night one you know i hope they don't play it i said well i'll, I'll give you the news once the sh once the show is over so i said you want the good news or the bad news <laughs> you know and I'm, I'm like he was like give me the <laughs> give me the you know the bad news first i'm like all right i i try to get geico insurance and i didn't save any money i was kind of joking around with him <laughs> and i said i said i didn't save any money on geico <laughs> and then i said the good news is you're going to get your song on sunday you know he was super excited but this is just a side note on it he was so he texted me right after the song was like yes now i can i can die in peace or something <laughs> It was the first time he's ever seen him, so he was he was super excited. So <laughs> anyway, that was just, that's just a side note on it. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So from Ride the Lightning, they go to on your show. They go to the Memory Remains, one of my favorite Metallica tracks. <clears throat> um, just heavy as all get out. And um, in Texas, they play Dirty Window. They go all the way to Saint Anger. That's the song they pick out of Saint Anger. To me, <laughs> um, it's okay. Yeah. It's not to me. It's not one of their better tracks. You know, I would rather have heard "Frantic" or some kind of monster or yeah, "Same Anger." I but saw Dirty that, Window I was really kind of shocked. You know, um, it doesn't do it for me. Real quick on my memory remains, I, I actually I love that song. So I, I thought that was a I was excited, and I remember texting when it came on, like, "Oh, memories!" Because I knew you love that song. And I was I was excited to hear it. And oh, then yeah. when I heard that they played Dirty Window, I think I was talking to my son Jake, and he's like, they played Dirty. I said, really? They played Dirty Window? Same thing you just said. Like I was like, really? I'd rather hear Frantic or St. Anger. Like, Dirty Window is an odd choice, I think. <laughs> like, I'm not saying I, if I heard it, I would have been upset, but I'd be like, man, I'd rather hear something else. That's, how, that's just me. Um. I, I would I wouldn't have even minded if they would have played uh like their yeah. revised version of uh All Within My Hands. Because that's a they've they've done a killer acoustic version of that, but then they revamped it to be uh full full band electric 
and it's actually re it's been right. redesigned yeah. and it's so much I better now. Yeah, so I, I, I don't totally know. Agree on that. It was just it was just a weird choice for me. All right. So as we mentioned earlier, um, you got Luxaturna, um, and I uh, in Texas they played seventy two seasons, which I would have loved to have seen seventy two seasons. I saw Luxaturna. You get to see Luxaturna now on Sunday. Um, and they play a pair of songs from 72 seasons, but that was the first one. So how did that go? I mean, you know, it's like you said, like you saw it and it's, it's a pretty straightforward, fast, old school thrash song um, that, you know, I thought it translated pretty good live. And, um, you know, nothing like you know, crazy about it, but it's, it's a good song and, and it gets, it gets you going a little bit. It's a little fast paced. Um, it was good. Good live. I thought it was pretty good. Right. So then you get um, far gone. You get too far gone after that, which is what I saw on Friday. Um, so you get that set up. Actually, so we're gonna jump just one song ahead. Sure. So you got Lux Eterna, Too Far Gone, and Welcome Home Sanitarium on Sunday. That's what I got on Friday. Yeah, like those was, three. Songs. Yeah, the same spots. Yeah. So um, that was that was interesting that they had literally flipped days, which. You know, I get it. They they were trying to mix things around, and uh, I just got the, <laughs> the short end of that stick. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, yeah, and that's why I wanted so, to go to both nights so I could get everything. And my dude, too I far was gone. surprised I didn't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm surprised. I, for me, I was so set to get tickets for both nights, but I knew my weekend was going to be pretty busy because I took I took my wife's cousin with me to the movie. So I, I kind of convinced my wife's cousin to come to Pantera on Thursday, come to the movie with me on Friday, sleep over until Saturday. So he had, he slept over two nights and then he was supposed to stay Saturday until Sunday. Um, and then I was trying to convince him to go to the movie um, with me on Sunday, but I knew that his dad had to pick him up. Now it, it makes it seem like he's a young kid. He's not, he's a 20 year old something kid, but he doesn't have a car right now because he works from home. So his dad had to come all the way here from, from downtown, uh, downtown Houston or actually from the Galleria area in Houston to come pick him up. So his dad ended up picking him up on Saturday. So I had Sunday free cause then we moved my, my, my afternoon game to nine o'clock and I was like, all right, cool. I can go see the movie. And then my wife came down with a cold the night before and she was feeling absolute crap. And I took care of all the house chores and I did my husbandly duties um, <laughs> yeah. rather than go and leave her planted with, you know, with me going to a movie. So, and then I tried to do it again on Monday and she was still sick. So I was like, you know what? I, I, I can't do this right now. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but yeah. so I'm hoping there's a Blu-ray of this at some point. <laughs> I'm sure there will be. It's Metallica. But, um, it's Metallica. Yeah. I'm sure it will be. So you get those three songs, which I got on Friday, which is pretty cool. You know, yeah. I'm sure you like Welcome Home Sanitarium. Um, That's a classic. My favorite song of all time. So is it uh, your favorite song of all time from all Metallica? time? Favorite song of every any band ever. It's my favorite song ever. So really, absolutely, yep. Wow. Yes, okay. it is. Too that, far gone. Cool. Uh, that was the that was the live debut when I saw it. I know you saw it as well, but I saw it on their live debut, so that was pretty cool. Um, first time they played it live in front of a crowd. Um, I mean, that's a cool. That's a catchy little tune. I'll yeah, tell I you like that it. Much. I like them. Too far gone. I don't have a problem with it. I, I thought I was happy again that they um, that I got. On both nights, I got two new songs that they have never played live yet, so that was cool. So, I think recently they've been playing, you know, um, 
Screaming Suicide, and they've been playing Top of My Head, um, another song that they've been playing a lot that we didn't get. Um, and oh, um, Sleep Off My Life Away. They've been playing that a lot, right. um, but they didn't play those two. Um, so after Too Far Gone, they did another one of their little ditties called Murph to Surf, uh, and then they went into Welcome Home Sanitarium um, on that. So so you got basically 72 seasons, if my or Darwin had a son, and then I guess they do Fade to Black on Sunday after... They did okay. Right. Yeah, they did fade. So to basically, black. reverse. Okay, of those three, right? Um, so they literally flipped it, and I was like, "Oh God, that that's that was one batch of songs I was really hoping to, to catch on, yeah. on Friday." But you know, I, like I said, I can't be disappointed because I still got good songs, you know. But I really would have liked to have seen uh, "If Darkness Had a Son," but "Fade to Black" is probably my number three all-time Metallica song. Because number one for me is Creeping Death. Number two is the, the Four Horsemen. Okay. So Fade to Black is my third favorite song from from Metallica. And like I mentioned earlier, um, the you know the the line at the end of the song. So I would have loved to have seen that. So that's why I was really happy when I went to when I went to see them during Hardwired. I missed them when I came to Houston. So my wife and I drove five hours to Arkansas when I came back in 2019. And we got to see them in Arkansas. They played Fade to Black. So that was pretty cool. Oh, nice. That's good stuff. All right. So next for me was You Must Burn. Yep. And we get You Must Burn as well. Good song live. I mean, you know, it was good. Uh, it's a good good song. I don't have a problem with it. Um, so the notes here say that they they started with uh, the intro riff to Burn from Deep Purple. Did you, they did. Do you remember that? Yeah, they, I do. Yep, they did. They played a little bit of that. And then they jumped right into You Must Burn. Um, that was pretty cool. They did do that's, that. That's got, that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah, it was neat. Little, uh, little ditty there. They, they added to it. Um, and yeah, so they did. And then for me, the next song was, I love is called Cthulhu, which is a great instrumental. It's an awesome song. And is that what they played Sunday as well? Yes. They, okay. they played, they played that on Sunday night in, in Arlington. They played, uh, the call of Cthulhu. So that's the first time um, I ever saw that song ever live. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, they don't they don't really play it a lot. So, um, I've seen you know I've seen Metallica fourteen times live in my life, and I never played that live. So when I've seen them, so that was pretty. You've cool. seen them fourteen times. So, so you've seen them more than I have. I've seen them fourteen times. So I've seen them pretty much every time they've been in Philadelphia area um, since nineteen eighty nine. So I mean, they didn't have to tour as much because they're a big band. So they don't. But I've seen them every time. The only think show I miss is when they. I don't know if you remember that free concert they did here, in like the mid nineties. Oh, they have. Yes, I have the video for that. Yeah, so they did. They did a free concert here in the mid nineties. I was unable to go. It was right in, in the, the parking, parking lot, right? lot of the spectrum of Wells Fargo Center. Yep. Um, that's probably the only show I missed since nineteen eighty nine. I'll send you a copy to VHS. Yeah, be, I have. Dude, please do. That'd be great. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I've seen clips of it, but yeah, I'd love. That'd be awesome. So. I was just, it was mad because two of my friends were able to go, but I was not able to go to it. But anyway, you know, but yes, fourteen times I've seen them, and they've never played that before. So I was excited to see that's such a good song, such a good instrumental. Cool. Yeah. So for you, then they followed up with the Unforgiven, yes. um, which is pretty cool. Um, Texas got No Leaf Clover. Okay, uh, interesting choice. Yes. Uh, I like this song. The song's heavy. I actually enjoy Minus Human off that album more than No Leaf Clover. Uh, I think minus humans a lot heavier, but uh, you got unforgiven, which that's a pretty good song. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure they came out with the acoustic 
uh, on that as well for with James, or did they not? Yeah, they did. They came out with the acoustic. James started off with the acoustic guitar, uh, and then uh, I got into it. Yeah, it's a good song. I, I've always liked the Unforgiven. It, I think it actually translates pretty good live. I think it always has, and um, that was good. And uh, it was great. And then they went right into wherever I may roam for my night. Not sure if that's what they did. I love that song. Yeah. That's I a great that song. song. Did they go into that on Sunday? Yes, they did yeah. that. They did that in Texas as well. Um, I love that song because you know my wife and I, you know, we're trying to become uh, RV people. <laughs> so we we go camping with our RV. We've been averaging uh, since the summer began about once a month, um, and we're going again in a couple weeks, and. Um, one of the things that, you know, we had to come up with a name and we were trying to, so we, we, <clears throat> we have a name for ourselves and th- the whole roaming thing and wandering thing is a theme for us. So, uh, I had tried to, to use wherever, like wherever we may roam as a group. Um, but there was too many obstacles in the way to try and grab that. So I was like, you know what, even though it's available as far as slogans here and there, I was like, yeah, it's too close. So I said, let me let it go. But we can use that song for something at some point um, in our travels. But that's a it, it's a great song. You know, uh, the line, um, my body lies, uh, but he, uh, but still I roam. Amazing line. You know, James oh, has I got such great. Yeah, this James has su- such amazing lines th- throughout certain songs that are just like, they really hit home. So that's a great line. Absolutely, that's that's a great line, hundred percent. Agree more. So the next the, the next track becomes a, is a song that became one of my top five Metallica songs instantaneously from the day I heard it, and that's Moth into Flame. Um, I love that song, man. That is, I would have loved to have seen that song. Um, I it just, I don't know. I love that ver- that, that that. Oh my god, <laughs> it's such a good song. And that's <laughs> a great song. Um, I saw it obviously when they. When they start, you know, had the tour in 2017 for that album, um, they played it, and it was it was awesome. The first time I heard it, and it was even it was great again to see it. You know, on that side. You started doing Hardwired. Did they have a? Did they have that drone show at the same time? Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, yep. I saw them like in 17, and I saw them in 18. They came back around like a year later. Um. Or, but the first one was in Lincoln Financial Field outdoor, and then they actually played in a played in the arena in the sp- in the fall, which was cool to be indoors for that. Um, like right after. Yeah, I was I was kind of happy that I missed the Houston show because I probably would not have been too too satisfied mm-hmm. having to see that at uh, they played at Energy Stadium here in Houston, and that's just that's a football stadium. It's just like what they're yeah, doing now. Yeah. Um, I got to see them at uh, an arena up in Arkansas, and that was so much more um, intimate for being, you know, a big venue. Yes, um, that I I enjoyed that better. It, I thought that was cool, and they had that aerial show with the with the with the drones, you know, that that are coordinated with the song, and that was so cool. That was cool. <laughs> um, so that's a great song. Right. And then after that, for me, it was Blackened. Uh, and I got battery. Oh, we, okay. Texas okay. battery. Okay. So, yeah, so that was cool. Like if, if I would have seen battery, that would have been cool. Blackened is, is, is also another very good song. Um, I don't know. I, I, 
I, you can't go wrong either way with, with, with those two. two great opening song opening tracks on two great albums. So, um, so yeah, I'll go. And then for me, got one and only. You got the favorite cover, the favorite, favorite song cover of all song. time, "Whiskey in a Jar." <laughs> okay, so let me explain. I can hear the disappointment in your voice. Let me explain <laughs> this one real quick. I was actually okay with it. I think we discussed it in the past that it's not my favorite Metallica cover. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, but I have now I have an idea why they play the song. Not, this isn't the only reason why. So, you know, Seek and Destroy, they always drop the balls. I kept thinking, they're going to drop the balls again for this concert. What's a song that makes sense to drop the balls? You can't, there, you can't do it during one. You can't do it during black. And, you can't, and so Whiskey is like a happy song. It's a happy, fun song. And it's a happy, a happy drunk, drunk song. song. So <laughs> when they started playing it and they dropped the balls, I was like, aha, that's... That's my excuse for why they played it, okay? That's, that's, that's what I'll go with. That's my excuse of why they played it. It's a happy drunk song. They could drop the balls. And I'll be honest, I look over at Jake, because Jake is not a huge fan of it either. I look over at him, we just started laughing, and we're like, you know what? It's awesome. We're here watching Metallica play, and it, I'm going to enjoy it. So that's kind of how I went about it. So it, it, it translated pretty well live. I'll give him that. Um, but it's just not my favorite song of theirs that they play. So, but... I enjoy. I did enjoy it. They could have played Bread Fan and dropped the songs. They could have played Stone Cold. <laughs> that's, that's true. Crazy and and, and dropped the, the balls. True. You know, I it's agree. it's you know obviously you don't you don't want it during a dark song like <laughs> one. Yes, I get that. But um, there's a couple other covers that they and could we have were played. we were joking um, that we why why can't they play Bread Fan or why can't they play the Weight or why can't they play just in general like well they could have played it's, it's electric. electric. I kept you saying know, why can't they play you know. I don't know, die, die, my darling, like whatever. Like we just kept throwing like different covers out there. My point is, why are they playing a cover? Just you have a lot of original songs. Play your original songs. <laughs> That's how I look at it. But yeah, <laughs> well, it is. Well, if, when you when you begin to think about though, what song um, that they have of their own that would be happy go lucky enough to 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 do that? Like they did it with Seek and Destroy only because. When you think about the lyrics, you know they're they're going out yes. on town. Yes. Okay. You know, like another song that you know, but that's you know, Seek and Destroy has been such a, a, a concert favorite, you know, a show closer type song for such a long time that works. that it makes works. sense. Yeah. So so now you know what works for it. There's, there's no other happy go lucky song that Metallica has. True. That's you very know? true. So. Um, you know, so it's it's uh, one of those things where I I think it's appropriate, but they could have done other covers that still are upbeat. You know, like like Stone Cold, like uh, Bread Fan, like Died My Darling. It's electric. I mean, it's electric probably makes the most sense because it's a, it's a an upbeat it song. Is, yeah, you know, I'll give but, it. You know, whatever. whatever. It, was, it was good. I, it, I, it was a fun song, I, and that's, that's what I enjoyed point. it, and I, I took it for what it was, and. Then um, from there, you probably got the same two songs at the end. Uh, got one, yes, you get, which is you get one live. It's just awesome, um, theatrical. Um, just a great, great song, great live song. I've, I've enjoyed it every time since it's been out. I'm pretty. I think honestly, I'm pretty sure. If I think about it now, like really, really think about it. That's probably a song that every concert I've seen them play, they've played. That's probably the only song that they've played 
every song. Maybe Seek and Destroy as well. I'd, I'd have to go back and look. Um, it, it may, it may except, be, except oh, on Friday. There you go. You didn't play it on Friday. Oh, maybe wrong. That's it. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're right. So that's the only time I probably didn't see it live. Uh, Master Puppets too, but I had to look through. But I started seeing them down on on the um, Justice Tour. So uh, maybe Master as well. Um, and uh, and uh, but one other than that Friday, obviously. Um, has been played pretty much every time, and um, it's it's a staple, yeah, and it's, it's a such a great live song. I, I love it. I mean, I I love that song. Um, then and then it's closed out with Enter Salmon. Enter Salmon, which is obviously a staple. The song's been played every time except that Friday, and every time since it's been out. Uh, you know, I love this. You know, it's a, it's a great song. It's got a great riff to it. It's it's one of those songs now. It's you know we always say you know songs are played so much. It's a song that honestly, if I didn't see it live, it, I'm not going to be upset anymore. Like I'm not going to be upset. Like if they didn't play it ever again, like when I saw them, I I wouldn't be like, oh man, I wanted to see Iron Sandman. But I you know what I mean? Like it's just one's different though. One I always want to see. Um, but it's just it's just like well, you know other bands that you they... have that you have they have a long laundry list of songs. You've seen it a million times, and you're like, okay, I I don't need to see that, so I'm okay if they don't play that song. Yeah. So it's funny because I was just listening to some. Oh, they went the during the 30th anniversary shows. I I I bring this up because I was listening to it the other day because I was in a Metallica mood and I was listening to a bunch of live stuff. And um, what they did was they they had a, a New Orleans jazz band open up the show all four nights. And then they would come out. They, I don't, I don't even think they did um, "Ecstasy of Gold" on any of those shows, because it was such an intimate show. It was a small little theater. It was Metallica club fans only, and so they had this. They had this um, jazz band open up, uh, like a Dixieland band open up the show. Um, and that, and not talking like an opening act. They literally come through the audience, and then they would play a song, and then they would get off, kind of thing. And that was like their version of ecstasy of gold. Anyhow, um, one of the nights they played enter Sandman first and James goes, all right, <clears throat> now that that's out of the way, let's go. You know, and <laughs> yeah. it's weird because that's the same attitude he had when they opened up the black album tour with that song. I remember him doing an interview, you know, and they were saying, um, they opened up the show with, with enter Sandman so that they can get that shit out of the way so that they can get to the real songs. And it's like, how do you feel that way about that song? And still, you know, it's one of your biggest songs now, you know, it's kind of a weird attitude to have. Oh yeah, it really is. A hundred percent. hundred percent. But anyway, I mean, it's, it's their biggest song period. Biggest oh, song. No. You know? And arguments there, you know, it to, to, to feel that way about it is kind of strange, but all right, so 32 songs over two nights. Mm-hmm. Um, how was how overall? What was your how was your experience? Had a great time. I think I told you. You know, I mentioned earlier. I thought night two was a little tighter uh, as for the band in general. Um, both nights were great. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I always enjoy seeing Metallica live. Um, I had a blast. Um, everybody in the stadium had a blast. Um, they really know how to you know, play live, obviously. I mean, they, they've been doing it for 40-some years. James' voice is still on point, which I think is a key. Uh, we see bands out there now still going, and their singers just cannot perform anymore. And it's just, it's honestly, I think it's not fair to the fans. 
know, you're charging them money to come see them when when the can't even do what they got to do. And Metallica, it, Don Duncan, say it again. <laughs> uh, Don Duncan, Vince Neil, <laughs> let's go there. Uh, so <laughs> bad. Um, but anyway, sorry, Vince, if you listen to this. Um, so for me, uh, you know, you know, James Kirk in their sixties, the other two, you know, 59, 58, whatever they are, which is right, right around the corner. I mean, they're still, still doing it at a high level. I mean, they really are. And it's, it's super impressive. Um, they're not just, you know, not just these old guys are going out there just trying to get some extra cash and doing it. I mean, they really are performing and making it worthwhile for the fans to be there to watch them and making you're getting your money's worth when you're going to watch them live that's i'll just say keep you know i'll leave it at that i i completely 100 percent agree i mean they're still at the top of their game i mean all these bands really from that that play thrash and 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 the really fast metal testament anthrax um slayer quit while they were ahead um megadeth you know they're they're all you know, overkill. We're talking about overkill. I saw Exodus recently. Um, they're not my favorite, but uh, you know, they're still bringing it. You know, um, it's amazing how how high energy these bands are still to to, to this day. Absolutely. It's crazy. Um, so I agree. Absolutely. With- a side note, I think I told you, but you mentioned Testament a couple of times. I saw Chuck Billy at both both the Pantera right, show and two days later at the uh, Pantera Metallica show. New York, but it was funny, and actually, it's kind of funny because Jake, right when I said I saw Chuck Billy, Jake was on Instagram for some reason, and Alex Skolnick went live from New York filming the show. It was kind of funny, just in the crowd, uh, you know, from obviously from Testament. But it was funny because Chuck Billy at the Pantera show, like, literally walked right by. I'm like, oh my god, there's Chuck Billy, and I was gonna try to get a picture quickly, but I didn't want to. I let him keep going, you know. And I saw him at the show two days later. I'm like, oh, my boy Chuck Billy, here he is. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. 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 All right. Well, that uh, concludes the main portion of our show today. Um, so that brings us to our big four highlights of the Metallica M72 No Repeat Weekend concert. So go ahead and give me what your big four highlights from that weekend were. So, I honestly focus mostly on the music, to be honest. Um, you know, you're there to see the bands play, you're there to see certain songs maybe you haven't seen in a while, or just some of your favorite songs. So for me, number four was seeing Shadows Follow. It's their live debut. Again, I think I mentioned earlier, it's one of my favorite songs off the new album. So I was really excited that they mixed up the new songs and played a different one and i'm glad the one that they played was pretty much my our two favorite songs off the album so that's my number four um number three is i'm playing blackened um it's the first time i've seen that song live in 14 years uh they haven't played it since 2009 and when i saw them then uh and i just love that song in general it's one of my favorites from them so once it came on i just got goosebumps and i was a super excited and was hoping that they'd play it uh, i knew they didn't play it the first night so i was like maybe hoping they'd play it the second night because it wasn't a song that they were always playing uh during the rotation kind of you know there's a certain songs they always played either one of the nights and that wasn't one of them um but um i was super excited to hear that 
Uh, number two, uh, I think I mentioned a little earlier, you know, my favorite song of all time is Welcome Home Sanitarium. So just hearing that live for me is just always special. Um, and when they kick in the way they just, when they kick in with it, it just, I just, and it brings me back to my ad- little younger years, adolescent, teenage years. And just, I've listened to that song like over and over and over again. Um, and it's a staple for me. Uh, and again, it's my favorite song of, of all time. So, um, hearing that, even though, you know, they play it, they don't play it every time I've seen them, but they play it probably more than less of the time, but I still, every time I hear it. I just, I love it. And number one for me is Orion. Orion, seeing that live for the first time. As I said before, I've seen them 14 times and they've never played it live. And they started playing it more recently and just never when I was, you know, able to see them or not in the area around here. Um, So hearing that live for the first time, you know, after being out for what now in 1986, so 37 years, um, it's really cool to hear, and it's still relevant, um, and it's still te- you know, it it's just a great song. So those are my big four. Again, I focused more on the music and what I experienced with the music and the songs that I listened to. And and I go along the same way with 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 my big four. Um, I, I really you know, wasn't there at the show. So I'm trying to say, you know, what, what did I enjoy about seeing this, the show? So, um, so my big four is, is as follows. And we actually have 50% crossover, uh, in this. And we, no, your number four is also my number four shadows follow. Um, for the same reasons, it was the, um, third time. Cause you, you were three weeks or two weeks before me, but there was three weekends. Um, <clears throat> so I, mine was the third weekend. So they had played it the following weekend in Montreal, and then they came to Texas. Shadows Follow, excuse me, Shadows Follow, like I said, was is one of my favorite tracks on the new album. So to to see that and and just that riff is so good to to hear it live. It was so awesome. So that was my number four. Um, number three for me was Fuel. Uh, I I I saw the stage. And I really was like, what are they going to do with these fire, you know, this, this, the pyro? Because it's like, where is it going to come from? You know, it's it's a, it's not the biggest. And it's weird because it looks like a thin donut. But in reality, it's probably pretty wide, you know. So they do have some room to, to, to mess around with. So there was obviously they, they were going to have pyro. But the, the fact that it's there's nothing on the stage and that, that pyro hits, it looks really cool. I got a, I got a couple of pictures of it off the screen, so it, it looked pretty neat. Uh, number two, it was your number one, Orion. Um, just the emotional uh, connection that I now have with that song uh, was pretty awesome, and to see it live and to see how the four of them, they weren't spread out on the stage. They literally were right in one spot together, and I thought that was really special. Um, whether it's whether they do that every single time or not, I just thought that that was really cool that I got to see them. That they were, for a reason, they were there together to form. They were not spread out on the stage, you know, all around. So that was pretty cool. And number one for me, the beach balls and during Seek and Destroy. I mean, it just that just tells you how much fun they're having out there right now. So that, that was that's neat. pretty cool. That you was know, neat. That's, so that's my number yeah. one. Yeah, and, and for me as well, Ryan, they they pretty much stayed as like a unit. It was pretty cool together um, as well. So I think that's something they kind of okay. do a lot for that. 
Yeah, those are awesome. The awesome four. Again, we had 50 Cent crossover, and some of those ones that you said, like I, I thought of myself. Uh, but it's, you know, it's always hard to break it down to the four. So, um, yeah. So overall, man, it's good. It was a good weekend. It was really exciting, and uh, I look forward to when they come around again. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's our big four highlights of Metallica's M72 No Repeat Weekend Concerts, and that is the end. <clears throat> And that is the end of this episode of Debating Metal. Don't forget, don't forget you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com. If you listen to us on YouTube, be sure to leave us a comment and ring that bell to be notified when we post a new episode. And remember, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, Podbean, everything that's out there under the sun. So click like or subscribe, and thank you for listening. On behalf of Kenneth and myself, stay safe and always turn it up to 11. See ya. (laughs) 